0: This is the Daily Signal podcast for Tuesday, May 21st. I'm Kate Trinko.
1: And I'm Daniel Davis. Well, for six years, Kathy McMorris-Rogers was the most powerful woman in the House of Representatives, serving as chair of the House Republican Conference. Things changed after Democrats took back control of the House, but the power shift seems to have confirmed her insights on the issues that divide Congress. Things like capitalism versus socialism, the dignity of human life, free speech, and more. Our executive editor, Rob Bluey recently caught up with McMorris-Rogers, and today we will bring you that interview.
0: By the way, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving a review or a five-star rating on iTunes and encourage others to subscribe. Now, on to our top news.
1: While well, Iran is upping its nuclear enrichment amid growing tensions with the U.S., On Monday, two semi-official Iranian news agencies reported that Iran has quadrupled its production of enriched uranium, pushing Iran close to the limit allowed under the 2015 nuclear accord. The U.S. withdrew from that accord last year, but Iran technically remains party to it. The news came just hours after President Trump warned Iran not to threaten the United States, tweeting, quote, If Iran wants to fight, that will be the official end of Iran. Senator Lindsey Graham issued a similar warning on Monday, tweeting, quote, It is clear that over the last several weeks, Iran has attacked pipelines and ships in other nations and created threat streams against American interests in Iraq. The fault lies with the Iranians, not the United States or any other nation. If the Iranian threats against American personnel and interests are activated, we must deliver an overwhelming military response. Stand firm, Mr. President, end quote.
0: The vehicle company Ford will be slashing 7,000 jobs, all white collar type jobs, salaried by August, according to a letter by Ford CEO Jim Hackett, obtained by CNBC. According to CNBC, the jobs loss will mostly be overseas, although 2,300 will be in the U.S. Of those 2,300, 1,500 are reportedly voluntary buyouts, according to an unnamed Ford
1: spokesperson.
0: Right now, Ford has around 199,000 employees.
1: Well, California Senator Kamala Harris has a new plan to tackle the so-called gender pay gap. The plan would punish companies for failing to meet pay equity standards determined by the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Her plan would create what's called an Equal Pay Certification, essentially the federal government's stamp of approval, which every company would have to apply for. Companies would have to prove to the federal government that they pay men and women equally, and if they failed to do so, the company would be fined 1% of their profits for every percent more that men were paid over women. Harris estimates that within the first 10 years, her plan would raise $180 billion from fines.
0: An unnamed 16-year-old young man from Guatemala died Monday in the custody of Border Patrol. The teen, who was processed May 13th after crossing the border, was found unresponsive in a welfare check and the cause of death is unknown. Acting Commissioner John Sanders of U.S. Customs and Border Protection said in a statement, the men and women of U.S. Customs and Border Protection are saddened by the tragic loss of this young man and our condolences are with his family. CBP is committed to the health, safety, and humane treatment of those in our custody. There is now a review going on to examine what occurred.
1: While state Democrats are issuing their own kind of travel ban, Late last week, in response to Alabama's new pro-life law, state officials in Colorado and Maryland banned government employees from traveling to Alabama for work purposes. Maryland comptroller Peter Franchot banned 1,100 staffers from visiting Alabama on business and took steps to divest Maryland's $52 billion pension fund of all Alabama-based companies. He called Alabama lawmakers theocratic and extremist. Likewise, in Colorado, Secretary of State Jenna Griswold said she won't be sending her staffers to the Auburn-based Election Center, which hosts instructional seminars. She called on other state and local leaders to join her in the boycott.
0: Students at Morehouse College, a historically black institution, got a fun surprise during their graduation this weekend. Speaker and billionaire Robert F. Smith made this announcement.
2: This is my class, 2019. And my family is making a grant to eliminate their student loans.
0: According to Student Loan Hero, quote, Among the class of 2018, 69% of college students took out student loans, and they graduated with an average debt of 29800 including both private and federal debt.
1: Up next, Rob Bluey's exclusive interview with Congresswoman Kathy McMorris-Rogers. Do you have an
2: opinion that you'd like to share? Leave us a voicemail at 202-608-6205 or email us at letters at com. Yours could be featured on the Daily Signal podcast. We're joined at the Daily Signal now by Congresswoman Kathy McMorris-Rogers of Washington State. Thanks for being with us. It's,
3: it's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
2: You have spent this time back home in the district talking to a lot of your constituents. Uh, tell us what is on their mind. It's so interesting for those of us in Washington to hear what's going on in the rest of the country.
3: Sure. Sure. Well, it, it's always good to get around to the, the counties of Eastern Washington and hold town halls, invite people to come and ask questions. Um, I'm also visiting all the high schools, so I had, I've been to several high schools over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, ha- I represent several colleges and universities, and going on campus um, at the town halls, you know, what I like to talk about and where I, I always lead is just that this is this is representative government and just how much I cherish. Representative government and being—you know—what an honor it is to serve in the House, the People's House, the battle of ideas that takes place. I always like to highlight the economy, and in Eastern Washington, our economy is good, just like it is all over the country. And and we uh, we we have—if anything—we have a shortage of skilled workers and the affordable housing. We need more plumbers and pipe fitters and welders, uh, but. Uh, uh, the, the questions that I've been asked more just the last few days, uh, I, I usually get asked about the, the cost of health care. That continues to be a big challenge, especially for uh, families, small businesses, those that are in the individual market, uh, rising premiums, uh, co-pays, the deductibles, that continues to be a question that they ask. Um, those on the left, there, there seems to be you know, quite a organized effort to show up and ask about the Green New Deal. Uh, So there's usually one or two or maybe even more that will ask, you know, so what about the Green New Deal, which when you you explain that, at least what we've seen to date, we're talking 93 trillion dollars in cost, on this country, it it quickly changes that conversation.
2: I bet, yes. (laughs) Well, and I I bet there are issues that you're not hearing about as well. I mean, uh, that that are really different from what it seems some in Washington want to focus on. And I mean, the Mueller report and impeachment and everything else that comes along with that.
3: I have not been asked about that once. Wow. As I have been uh, in these town meetings at the schools, I I have not been asked about it once, and yet that Dominates the news, obviously. It's, it
2: certainly does. So when you're meeting with high school students, what's on their mind? And, and what do they think about this move by some in Congress to give 16-year-olds the opportunity <laughs> yeah. to vote?
3: It's been fun to ask them directly that question. Uh, so I've been to several high schools and I remember the first time I asked that question, I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure how would they respond. Um, the teacher had said, well, Kathy, can you, can you um, ask them a question maybe on something that's going on right now in Congress? And it, had just, it was days after we had taken that vote in the House, whether or not to allow 16-year-olds to vote. So I, I asked them the question. Not one in that class raised their hand. And then I said, well, you know, over 100 representatives in the House voted yes. Over 300 voted no, so it failed. Uh, but I've continued to ask that question, and you know I might get one or two, but a large, large majority of them say no, probably not the best idea.
2: You, you mentioned the economy earlier. I know that that's important for people young, uh, people mm-hmm. who are, are working, and, and, and really everybody, whether it's in eastern Washington or all across this mm-hmm. country. What would you say about the, what's fueling this economic growth? I mean, we continue to see it, whether it's the S&P and NASDAQ hitting new records, or uh, the GDP uh, surpassing expectations, what does that mean for your constituents in eastern Washington? You
3: know, what that means is that the people that I represent in eastern Washington have more opportunities, because the job is the opportunity. And we, we celebrate America as this land of opportunity. It starts with a job. Right, you get you get that first job, and then you get a better paying job. So when we are when we're celebrating uh, a record. Economic growth and record jobs—the fact that we have more job openings than people seeking jobs—you uh, we'll, know—we're celebrating people that are coming off the sidelines, those that had given up on finding a job are now getting back into the workforce. That means that means people have more opportunities. People in Eastern Washington, for the longest time, we would talk about—you know—that we would lose our young people. That you know i live in a great corner of the world we have a great quality of life and yet so often after high school young people would feel like they had to leave you know or even if they stayed to go to one of our colleges or universities they would leave after that to find the good paying job and when there's more announcements we had 9000 new jobs in Spokane county in the last year i mean that is that is great news and that means that they can stay, they can stay in, in, in Spokane, stay in Eastern Washington, live uh, live this great quality of life, raise their family, start a business. You know what Also, that means? It means that people uh, have freedom yes. to take those ideas and do something with it. And that is what freedom and free markets has meant. America has led the world in innovation and breakthroughs. And I'm always inspired by those stories of the individual that started in their basement or their kitchen with an idea and then built a company, manufacturing or a new service, a new product. And when we have a good economy, it means that there's more opportunities for that.
2: Well, it it certainly is. And I appreciate your passion for it. I know you come from a family that had a small business. And so uh, that is certainly an area where uh, whether it's Passing tax cuts or working on regulatory issues, uh, certainly uh, Republicans in Congress made a significant impact in the first two years oh, of the Trump administration.
3: That was our priority. That's absolutely you know right. was to get our economy growing. You remember, you remember President Barack Obama. He was talking about the new normal that you know this this um, record low economic growth and record uh, the, the the you know coming out of the Great Recession, right? He said, well, this is just a new normal, and as as the Republican majority, along with our president, Donald Trump, you know, have taken on eliminating those regulations and, and lifting the regulatory stranglehold and, and the tax burden. We've seen just an amazing response within our economy. And, you know, it's, it's uh, small businesses are the engine of our economy. And I'm uh, grateful to have been raised on a, you know, in an orchard that we had a fruit stand, you know, it's a very family owned and operated grateful for that foundation, but we want to keep that going. And so that economic growth means that, uh, the, the engine of our economy and especially small businesses can do better.
2: Well certainly, certainly. You are also known as somebody who has a care and compassion for, for children. Uh, you yourself are yeah. a mother of three and uh, somebody who's spoken out very uh, very directly about uh, the impact that they've had on your life in, a, in a, such mm-hmm. a positive way. I wanna ask you though about some of the debates that we're seeing play out in other states around the country, whether it be New York passing a law oh. that allows abortion right up until birth the Virginia mm. governor, uh, you know, stating publicly his belief in infanticide and things of that nature. What does that say about our culture and how can we mm. go about changing that and bringing more value to the sanctity of life? Right,
3: right. Oh, I, I, I so want a culture that values life, that celebrates life, celebrates every life and, the, and that potential, the dignity and the, the value of every life. And boy, when, when I heard what New York had done, the law that they had passed, and the governor of Virginia and his state, I was, I was shocked, first and foremost, at the, at the idea that a, a baby who had survived an abortion... Outside the womb would not be given healthcare, you know, and and so we have we have immediately gone to work on the born alive legislation, and it, it has been more difficult than it should be. In my mind, this should be a no-brainer, and es- uh, especially today with the life-saving treatments and technology that we have, and 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 our healthcare system is one that that. You know, is uh, about saving lives. It's about you know we want that we do a lot. We we lead the world in saving lives, and yet yes. this idea that somehow a baby that's born alive would not be given health care, it's it's really a it's a shocking commentary on our on our culture and and the devaluing of life and. It, our, in our Declaration of Independence, it says it so well. You just go back to the, our foundation, and it is one. And you know, this is a country where we we are we're based upon a pursuit. It's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Right. And and life is pretty fundamental. And we um, we need to make sure that we're we're celebrating that life either before the life is born or after it's born. And certainly the Born, born Alive legislation should be uh, something that we can pass.
2: Absolutely. Well, it's uh, it's currently a discharge petition, which right. means Republicans have signed it. And mm-hmm. uh, you've had a few Democrats who have also put their name on it, but you need more Democrats in order for it to get to that number 218 to have a, a vote on the House floor. I want to ask you about what, uh, what you've experienced in terms of the difference now that mm-hmm. the Democrats are in control of the House. So mm-hmm. Republicans seem to have uh, you know, um, throwing a few curveballs at them with, yes. uh, with motions to recommit and yes. forcing votes that they might not have wanted to take. But what yes. is it like in your own experience having gone from Republicans being in the majority to now Democrats controlling Congress?
3: It's night course. and day. Is it, it is. It's very different. We were just talking about the Born Alive legislation. Speaker Nancy Pelosi refuses to bring that up for a vote in the House of Representatives. So that means that our only recourse to force that vote is the discharge petition. And it, and it means that we have to file it, we have to get 218 signatures in order to get it released from Speaker Pelosi, and then, uh, then you have to wait for a certain amount of time before you can have the vote. But you go, when you're in the majority, you are setting the agenda. You are setting the calendar, and for the last uh, eight years, the Republicans had been in the majority in the House, so we had been setting the agenda, uh, which meant you know we led on tax reform, we led on a whole series of bills that were lifting the regulatory burden, um, and now that's all being done by Speaker Pelosi, and it's just a very different agenda, uh, and 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 unfortunately, it it appears that she's more interested in. Uh, the presidential race and uh, votes of you know just it's just basically show votes. We've done more resolutions this year. I mean they're not putting forward legislative solutions. They're just putting forward resolutions. It's more just, uh, they just wanna be able to uh, grandstand and talk about a talk about an issue rather than really sit down and do the tough work of legislating. Yeah,
2: getting things done. Right. No, absolutely, absolutely. You have a couple of political celebrities in, in uh, this new class. Um, I'm mm-hmm. talking about the congresswoman from New York, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, Ilhan Omar, who've made mm-hmm. a lot of news themselves. Uh, have you had much interaction with them or, or as somebody who's served in Congress, mm-hmm. um, how do you get back to avoiding these headlines and actually right. getting
3: things done on behalf of the American people right It seems that they're more interested in headlines they're 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 I term them celebrity politicians right They're not about actually building relationships or doing the hard work of legislating and and what is most frightening is that they are openly promoting a socialist agenda for America and this is the first time that I've ever seen it. Quite at this level, and I, I, I'm reminding the high school students that I visit and colleges that socialism and human rights do not coexist. You just look at uh, you look at the the, the, the history. Uh, socialism doesn't celebrate every person, individual rights and human rights, and and make sure that their potential is being reached. Social socialism is a few people that get to make the decisions for the rest of the, and, uh, the and
2: country. We were, you know, we we're talking about the growing economy if you look at heritage's own economic freedom index uh, you see the socialism countries don't provide that freedom for the people who live in places like venezuela or north korea and the countries that do are those who are the most economically free so glad to hear you're telling the high school students about that
3: well yes it's 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 free it's free markets capitalism freedom that allows you to take that idea that you have. We are creative people, right? We have ideas. We're always in search of that more perfect union and we're always, we're always coming up with new ideas to improve our lives. And, and, and it's in a free market society that you can actually take, do something with that idea. You don't have to ask permission of the government. And yet socialism, it is all controlled by a few. And that, and and so that's where America has led the world in break, you think about healthcare and all the breakthroughs and new innovations. I mean, we have led the world and we need to uh, really, li- we've lifted more people out of poverty. We've raised the standard of living higher than any other country in the world. And it's because we are a free people.
2: You know, one of the other things that comes with economic freedom often is trade. And I have mm-hmm. heard you talk about the importance of trade, particularly to Washington State, and yes. how how reliant Washington State yeah. is on having a free trade. Yes. So um, we have an opportunity here coming up, perhaps, with the US, Mexico, Canada mm-hmm. trade agreement, right. uh, which the President has negotiated. What can you tell us about that, or what what prospects there might be in this Congress uh, to take some action on trade and, and really help the economy grow even more?
3: 95% of the consumers live outside of the United States of America. So my my vision is that America is a country that grows that manufactures, that produces, innovates and then sells it to the rest of the world, right? And in Washington state, we are we are the most trade dependent state in the country. So it's estimated one out of 3 or yeah, one out of every Three jobs is dependent upon trade, and that is the fact that we export so much of our agriculture—apples and potatoes and wheat. We we export Boeing airplanes. We export Microsoft and Amazon products, and uh, and we sell it to people all over the world. The USMCA is really important. I'm a, I'm on the WHIP team. This is uh, this is a modernization of NAFTA that the Trump administration has led and getting USMCA approved is going to be very important. I was just down at the White House a few weeks ago, we were strategizing on how to get it done. Part of USMCA is calling for some labor reforms in Mexico. Uh, We hope that Mexico will do that by the end of April, right, And so the clock is ticking there, and then, ITC has issued its recommendations. Once once that's in place, then the administration plans to send USMCA up to Congress, and the clock will t- start ticking, so we'll have 60 days to get it done. My hope is that we'll get that done by August, and then we can move on to other important trade agreements with, with Japan and others. But I also want to just... Uh, express uh, appreciation to our president for what he's doing with China and being tough on China. And no other administration has been willing to do that. And China has not been a good actor. China has not been... Uh, honoring intellectual property rights or uh, playing by the rules of the road. And this administration is holding China accountable. And that's very important so that China isn't the one that's setting the trade agenda, but that it will be an agenda that's driven by freedom-loving Uh, Countries.
2: We appreciate uh, your your interest in that issue, and I'm glad to learn a little bit about uh, Washington State myself, and Mm -hmm. I did not realize some of that that information you shared. You know, finally, I want to ask you a question about some people that you've tried to hold accountable, and that is uh, the big tech companies. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have been Mm -hmm. an outspoken advocate uh, on behalf of conservatives Mm -hmm. to make sure that they... Their content isn't suppressed. There's not censorship. Why is that issue so important to you?
3: Well, this is, it's pretty fundamental. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, the first amendment is freedom of speech. And that this is, you know, uh, the, the, the um, public square today, a lot of the debate takes place on these platforms, these giant platforms. And it is so important that we are protecting that freedom of speech and that there's, conservative voices are not being stifled and that uh, we have a real freedom of uh, that debate in within the public square on the tech platforms. And so I, I am, um, I'm also looking at privacy, how we make sure that as individuals, our private information, that we have transparency around what's actually being collected, how it's being used. Um, You know, there's been too many surprises recently about information that's being used in ways that no one was aware of.
2: Congresswoman Kathy McMorris-Rogers, thanks so much for spending time with The Daily Signal.
3: Great to be with you. Thank you.
2: Do you own
0: an Amazon Echo? You can now get The Daily Signal podcast every day as part of your daily Alexa flash briefing.
1: It's easy to do. Just open your Amazon Alexa app go to settings and select flash briefing. From there, you can search for the Daily Signal podcast and add it to your flash briefing so you can stay up to date with the top news of the day that the liberal media isn't covering. And that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for listening to the Daily Signal podcast brought to you from the Robert H. Bruce Radio Studio at the Heritage Foundation.
0: Please be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud and please leave us a review or rating on iTunes to give us feedback. We'll see you again tomorrow.
1: You've been listening to The Daily Signal Podcast, executive produced by Kate Trinko and Daniel Davis. Sound designed by Michael Gooden, Lauren Evans, and Thalia Rampersad. For more information, visit DailySignal.com.
2: Americans have almost entirely forgotten their history. That's right. And if we want to keep our republic, this needs to change. I'm Jarrett Stepman. And I'm Fred Lucas. We host The Right Side of History, a podcast dedicated to restoring informed patriotism and busting the negative narratives about America's past. Hollywood, the media, and academia have failed a generation. We're here to set the record straight on the ideas and people who've made this country great. Subscribe to The Right Side of History on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Stitcher today.